We all know that having a great website is a must for your business. But what does that actually mean? What does a great website have and what are the essential ingredients for your website? Here are my top 11 in this summer reheated episode from series two. Summer is my season and there's nothing that I like better than relaxing by my pool. So instead of sitting behind a microphone with pool envy, I am reheating the top 10 all-time episodes of the Sales Without Socials podcast. The best apps will be sharing how to massively increase the eyeballs in your business in an hour, the power of words for marketing, referrals, increasing sales using LinkedIn, understanding chat GPT, and a bunch more sizzling topics thrown into the summer mix. So while I'm sipping champs by the pool, I hope you get loads of value, new ideas and inspiration from these top 10 episodes of the Sales Without Socials podcast. And hey, step away from the Facebook. It's time to learn something that will make more money for your business without worrying about unbeatable algorithms, dancing and silly TikToks or wasting thousands on ads that never make you money. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Sales Without Socials podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Williams, Chief of Everything at Digital Conversations, a Brisbane-based marketing consultant and trainer helping B2B service-based business owners with simple marketing tactics to generate new business and increase the eyeballs on your brand. Before I deep dive into today's episode, I'd invite you to download Social Free Sales, which covers seven ways to supercharge your sales without a single social media post. Now, these are just a few thought starters, and I'm going to cover more of these on future podcast episodes. Plus, I'm also going to cover a load more marketing tactics that don't include Facebook ads, Reels, or silly TikToks. Go to saleswithoutsocials.com.au and grab your copy now. Hey, hey, it's Tanya here, and today I'm talking about your most important marketing asset, which is your website, of course. Your website is your foundation, your core. It's your everything. It's where you should be sending all of your traffic and all of your potential clients to. Now, I want to start with telling you a little story. Now, I remember when I got my very first website back in the early 2000s. Now, it was an e-commerce shoe store. And I remember sitting there talking to the website developer and feeling like a total idiot. And he was talking about all these terms like Dreamweaver and HTML and CMS and UX. And my eyes literally glazed over. I had absolutely no idea what I was, what he was talking about. I felt like a total idiot. Um, but I don't want today's episode to be like that for you. I want to break this down in practical, easy to understand ways. Because let's face it, Websites can be quite technical and quite confusing. I've never built a website. I have no interest in ever building a website, but I know enough about websites and how they work from a marketing point of view to talk about uh, this topic today. So let's start with why your website is so important. Well, as I mentioned, it's your portal. It's your foundation. It is the center of your marketing. So it needs to be more than just pretty. It is the very essence of your marketing and it should be where you're sending all of your traffic and all of your potential leads should be going to your website because it is an asset that you own. Unlike your social media channels, which you rent, you fully own and control what happens on your website, which is again, why it's so important. 
So I've worked on many website projects and often functionality takes a back seat to pretty pictures. Now, too often owners get caught up on tiny details, they overthink everything, then they wonder why it takes months to build and go live. And I think people are often caught up on the wrong things to start with. They want it to look all pretty and aesthetically nice. And of course, that's an important part of it, but it's not the be all and end all. It's not what's going to attract the right clients to you. So let's start with what the hell does website optimization mean? Now, I'm sure you've probably heard that term thrown around and you wondered what the hell is that? Basically, it's a process of using tools, strategies, and experiments to improve the performance of your website, drive more traffic, and increase conversions. Hey, that's what we all want, right? We want a website that's optimized to do all of that. But instead of looking this at this from a technical point of view, I'm going to put a marketing lens over it, okay? So I'm going to explain these terms hopefully in a way that are easy to understand um, and we're going to address each one by one and make sure you're taking some notes as we go through. So let's talk about the 11 things your website needs to do. So I'm going to um, start with an easy to update CMS. Now what a CMS is, is a content management system that allows you to build and manage your website, okay? So don't get too caught up on the on the term CMS, but it is basically a platform that allows you to go and update and manage and it hosts your website. Now, ideally, you want this to be open source. So what that means is you don't need to have to worry about coding or having a website developer updated every time you want to make changes to it. When it's um, open source, it means that it's easy for you to update yourself and make changes once the website is live. So one of the most popular um, um, CMS systems and one of my favorites is WordPress. So um, WordPress is an open source. There are constantly people updating and creating new things that you can access um, to, to, you know, build and increase your website capabilities. And that's why I love it um, so much. It is easy to use and it is Google friendly. Now, you might have also heard of things like Wix and GoDaddy and other so-called free website builders. Now, I would always recommend a CMS that you have full control over, and these free builders don't give you that control. Something like WordPress does, and it's also going to be a cost-effective option for you to build and maintain. Um, the issue with things like your WordPresses and your go, uh, sorry, your, your Wix and your GoDaddies and those sorts of sites is it has to be hosted on their system. So if you want to move away from that, Often it becomes a major drama and you'll have to pay money or it's going to cost you to develop a new website. That's just one of the many issues that I see with it. But hey, I'm a WordPress girl, so I'm always going to recommend that. Our next one is making sure your your design, your website design is responsive and mobile friendly. So basically what responsive means when you're talking to a web developer is that the website is designed to change its look based on the device it's it's viewed on. So for example, if you look at a website on a mobile, obviously that's a smaller screen, right? So um, you're not going to see the same as what you would on a desktop version of that same website or a tablet version because each of those screens is a different size. So a responsive design means that it's actually, the design moves to suit the viewing on a smaller screen. So that's why when you're looking at your website or you're testing a new website, you need to be looking at it on desktop, but also viewing it on mobile to see how that looks and how that performs. Because these days, so many people are looking at mobile over desktop anyway. 
because I think it was about 60%, I think, of searches start on mobile. So your website needs to be responsive and mobile friendly. Google's already switched to mobile friend first indexing, which means that's where they primarily index and rank your mobile pages. So it is super important. So make sure you don't miss that. It's easy to, when you're looking at a new website, to look at it from a on a desktop um, and forget about mobile, but please make sure you make sure it is mobile friendly. The next one is uh, helpful navigation. Now, navigation is simply the way that users make their way around your website. Now, you think of it from your perspective. If you're sitting on a website, think about where you click, what draws your eye, um, what sorts of information you're going to um, is going to relate to you, and all those types of things. Where are you clicking to navigate around that website? Well, your potential clients are doing the exact same thing, so you need to be mindful of that. So, what pages or links are they clicking on? Where is their eye drawn to when they land when they land on your homepage? You know, working with a web designer to create a logical sitemap um, is a good idea as part of your overall design because they'll be able to help you determine what that's going to look like. Um, But in essence, you need to make it easy for people to buy from you. I have been on so many websites where there's been so many drop downs and links and pages and so much information that was badly um, structured that I could not figure out where uh, to find the information I needed. And I just clicked off because it was all too hard. I've been on other websites as well, where I'm trying to get really basic information and I can't find it. So make sure that your homepage tells a story about um, what it is you do and that the navigation on there makes sense. The fourth one is to clearly explain how you help above the fold. Now, what above the fold means is when you go to a website, what you can see before you have to scroll is what we class as above the fold. Once you start to scroll down, that's below the folds. Okay. So it's a technical term, but it just means what you can see pretty much straight up. Now, I think these days you have about seven seconds before someone clicks off your site, unless um, you re- your website really shows up quickly that you can help solve a problem for them. So really you've got less than seven seconds for them to click on your website and see that information above the fold and go, yes, this is where I need to be. If it's not, they're going to click straight off and they're going to go to a competitor's websites. So what I often find is so many websites I look at have really ambiguous or general phrases at the top of their homepage with a stock image. Some of these phrases mean absolutely nothing. So when it's really generic words um, and it doesn't actually tell me anything about what you do and you could be a number of different businesses, it doesn't really clearly tell me what you do, then uh, that's never a good thing. Your audience is time poor and they don't want to scroll past page one on Google, let alone scroll through endless pages of content or to scroll to get this information. Now, according to content Content Square's 2021 Digital Experience Benchmark Report, the average time on a page across all industries is 54 seconds. Now, those stats are slightly high for B2B with the average time spent on a page being 1.37 minutes, which is not long. And this is when you find that when you're faffing around over really little bits of information and so forth, most people aren't even seeing it or reading it because they're not on your website long enough to do so. So you need to get to the point do it quickly. Don't waffle. Don't have huge amounts of text that are just going to overwhelm the viewer um, and ditch any out of date stock photos. Some of these stock photos that people have on their websites just do my head in. They are absolutely terrible and they do nothing 
to um, make people resonate with your brand. Okay, the next one is copy. Copy needs to make sense and fit with your brand. Now, I spoke before about having ambiguous terms on um, on the top of your website that make no sense. Things like, we excel at what we do. What does that mean? That could be anything. You could be anyone from an astronaut to a, to a, um, to a house painter. Um, Growth-focused, heart-centered. Again, what does that mean? Your success partner. You know, this could be any type of business. It doesn't tell me who you're trying to target. It doesn't actually tell me what problem that you solve. That actually don't mean anything. Therefore, your copy and your headlines need to tell me who you work with, what problem you solve, and they need to show your brand personality. Now, this is where many professional services businesses get it so wrong. Accountants, lawyers, recruiters, financial planners, so many websites look the same. They lack personality and they just blah. People by people and brands that resonate with them. Attract them with copy that makes sense. You need to think about your positioning statement. Is it unique to you or is it interchangeable? Could that be any one of your competitors? Because your copy not only needs to sell you, it needs to be easy to read and needs to talk to the solutions you offer and it needs to make sense. Okay, that's why it's so important. Next point, number six, high quality content. Now, your website pages need to have well-written, keyword-rich content. Now, keywords are those words a prospect types into a search engine to find you. So, um, you know, something like Google, for example, when you go to Google and type in words to look for something, they're keywords, okay? So that's what you need to be mindful of when you are creating your content. It's really important because search engines like Google crawl websites looking for content that is readable, valuable, and updated often, and then serve those sites up higher in results than those that don't. So that's part of your SEO element. So you need to make sure all of your pages have engaging, useful, and informative content on it. Now, that's when SEO is so valuable as the quality of the page content can help you get found. Now, if you want to know more about SEO, make sure you go back and listen to, I think it was episode eight when I spoke to Kate Toon about SEO and we deep dived into that. So don't miss that one. She says, share some absolute gold that you'll, um, you'll want to listen to. So high quality content is important. So you, it's always good to spend more time doing um, and setting up high quality pages right at the start if you can. Look, and if you already have a website, go back and look at some of those pages. See we can improve them. See we can add keywords. See we can you can um you know update the information because you can always be doing that. Don't think just because your website's done that you just have to set and forget it. You should always be looking at how you can improve what you already have. Now our next point is a blog. Now you might be thinking, really a blog? Are we not over blogs these days? But guess what? A blog is a really great way, not only to ensure your site has this feature for Google to help find content, but it really does help position you as a thought leader. Now, I love blogging because I'm a writer. I love to write, um, you know, and for me, 
throwing, you know, writing up a couple of blogs is really easy. I can get my thoughts down on paper really quickly. And I'm finding that posting this valuable content on a regular basis not only keeps my website updated with fresh content, it positions me as a thought leader and it allows me to share that out onto other platforms as well. So I might send that out in an email marketing campaign. I might turn that blog into a video and post it on YouTube. I could put it on LinkedIn. I can put it in lots of different places. I could do guest blogs, for example. There's a whole bunch of stuff we can do around blogs, which I'm going to talk about in another episode. But, you know, do it regularly. And I'm not talking you don't have to blog every day. I usually create a new blog every week. Um, but I have had times where I haven't done that because I've, you know, fallen off the wagon with my writing, so to speak. But do it regularly. If, if, if you do one a month, um, that's great. Just have some consistency with it. Update your blog regularly. Add call to actions to it. So make it clear what you want the person to do once they've read your blog. Download this guide. Book um, for a consultation. You know, those types of things. Um, and make it shareable as well. Um, most blogs now allow you to have shareable links and so forth on them. So it depends on the platform that you're using. But a blog is a great way um, to set yourself up, uh, as I said, for SEO and also as a thought leader. Now, one that often gets forgotten in our next tip is clear call to actions. Now, you want to have call to actions on every page. Now, what's a call to action? It's simply telling someone what you to do. So, for example, book a call download now, buy now, subscribe. They're all call to actions because when someone reads that content and they're going to look at that button, it's telling them what you want them to do next. Okay. So be very clear about what you want that to be. Too often I go to websites and there's these tiny little buttons that are just in text that will say, oh, click here to download this particular PDF or whatever it might be. You can barely see them. They're hidden on the page. To me, it doesn't make any sense at all why you would want to make your call to actions hidden. You want to make them stand out and you want to make them obvious. It needs to be a big button somewhere on that page that says, do this one thing. Also, don't be afraid of adding them in multiple places and make it very clear what you want them to do next. So, for example, what I often do in my blogs, depending on what the blog's about, I will link it to either a free download that I have, um, a particular service that I offer, or it could even be a book consultation now or a 15-minute digital coffee. Most of the time I'm sharing free content with them though. So it usually will link to some sort of a download. Also, you can do what you can do is link to other blogs. You can link to other pages. But typically a call to action is going to be something where it's going to drive them to the next step to work with you. And that would be, um, you know, subscribe, buy now, book a call, those types of things. Add them to your pages, okay? Make it easy for people to buy from you. It's one one thing that is often forgotten about because we're too worried about chasing the bright and shiny and we're forgetting these types of basic things. Number nine is contact information. Now, you might think this is absolutely obvious, but I can tell you now it is often missed. You know, things like your website, um, your business's address, their phone number, their email. Don't just have a form on your, on your page have an actual email address. There's nothing more frustrating when you can't email someone direct. You know, have all those things listed in your footer. And then that means that they'll appear on every page. So people don't actually have to search for it. If you have a contact us page, go a step further. Include things like parking instructions or or directions. That's one thing that I find super helpful if I'm going to meet with somebody. 